0: Welcome to a woman's brew where women talk about beer festival season may have long since ended but in today's episode we're not quite ready to let it go I'm Joanne and this is Tori hello hello and we're two beer loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer come join us
1: you guys for joining us we're really really excited um I feel like it's been this has been probably quite a long time in the making um but there's been so much going on which we'll talk about later as to why um we're only just having you guys on now um but yeah do you guys want to do sort of a quick introduction to who you both are what your role is um and the brewery that you guys come from
2: yeah of course um I'm Alex I'm the head brewer at Full Circle um just actually reached my third mile, third year with the company. Um, but we actually opened the brewery uh, almost two years ago this month. Um, and I've been involved in recipe development, brand development, finding the right site, um, helping point a, a great team like we've got with Graham as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been here since the beginning.
3: Uh, and um, Graham, I'm Graham, and the marketing events manager with Full Circle. Um uh, a little bit less time than Alex, uh, but from basically from day one when but you know, before we even had anything in the brewery, I, I saw the 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 location completely empty before everything kind of went in. So uh just been helping build the brand and uh obviously for the first little while there was no events uh, with COVID, but we're starting to kind of get back in that swing of things again, which has been led to a busy summer this past summer. And yeah, I think. The role is kind of ever evolving. I've um, been doing a lot of different things from the web shop to helping can and, you know, anything in between just basically help help the business grow.
1: Have you ever had, out of sheer curiosity, like, had you ever done canning lines or anything like that before? Or were you just like, I guess someone needs to do canning, so I'll just do it?
3: Well, I mean, I have the pretty simple task of either weighing the cans or putting them in the, in the box. All that technical <laughs> stuff is on Alex. <laughs>
2: yeah I, I have the easy job I stand at the end that so you just get everything going and if it's working it's perfect and everyone else is really stressed down the other end pack <laughs> uh, about two cases a minute and it's uh, it's quite labor intensive so um on a good day we've got everybody from the brewery and maybe one extra person um so that everybody takes turns from the office and some days it's the entire office that are helping out as well.
1: that's pretty cool um of i mean I think I should probably say, as they've probably been able to tell from a uh, Graham's accent, you guys are up in Newcastle.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Like properly up north. Um, but yeah, lot, lots of uh, cool places around you as well. I, I was due to come visit until I found out that the wedding that I was going to was in a totally different Newcastle. Um, my husband got it completely wrong. He was like, we're going to Newcastle. And I was like, cool, I can go to Full Circle. And it turned out. No, it was not the right Newcastle. And I was like, why is there two of them? Come on, guys, let's let's get this together.
2: Yeah, we're, uh, we're the one, although none yeah, of us are actually um, <laughs> at all. So there's not one Geordie in the couple. Uh, maybe one brewer who's a Geordie and that's it. <laughs>
1: So um, I, I thought it'd be just quite interesting to sort of say to people how we first got in contact with yourselves. Um, You guys this past year did the International Women's Collaboration Brew Day event. You, you collaborated with Pink Boots Society and you had your kindred event uh, for that. And uh, I thought you could tell us the sort of like a bit more about that and what ex- inspired you guys to want to do that event. Because it was a really good event, had a really good time, met some really great people through it, yourselves included. Um, But yeah
3: um so we we actually got approached uh by a lady by the name of sophie who runs with her husband a a nice burger joint up in in newcastle and actually become our neighbors recently in in holtz yard so she came to us with the idea of doing the event and you know didn't really take much thought we were you know definitely on board with it uh you know we've had a, a strong women's influence in the brewery, uh, through brewers and and taproom staff and, uh, to get a chance to be able to, to celebrate women in the industry and promote the, the education and, you know, get more women involved in the industry with, with confidence to do it is something that we were more than happy to do. And, um, we met a lot of great women that, that joined, even though we had to do it virtually with, with the lockdowns in that. Um, but we had about, I think, 20 to 25 women in the group, all from either, you know, just people, that, people interested in beer to, to brewers, to, to brewery owners and, and everything in between. And uh, yeah, it was great to, to see them and, uh, you know, learn a bit from them. Um, and yeah, so just, you know, the ability to raise money for, for Pink Boots was, was great. Uh, great to see. And we are Definitely interested in and in wanting to do it again. I think Alex has probably already put in the order with Yakima, we're close to, and uh, hopefully this year we can have that same group of women back, but actually have them in for, for the brew day and uh, yeah, make a make an actual event out of it.
2: Yeah, last year was a or this year was a real learning curve as well because we tried to uh, live stream a lot of the brew day, um, which was definitely a a learning curve for Graham. <laughs> I don't think he'd ever live stream anything before. People got invited into the uh, um, the conversations that weren't going to be there, um, but it was really good fun. Um, so we got to go through the, the brew day step by step, and we kind of live streamed every important process of that. And even li- leading up to the brew day itself, the, uh, the recipe was definitely a collaboration effort, um, including the artwork on the can, the name. Um, we pretty much got to sit back and watch everybody discuss it, and... Um, and enjoy being part of the process um and eventually come up with a really good beer um some amazing artwork um and a really good name on it as well yes yeah, yeah. worth of pointing out joe's got the the
1: kindred t on. on
0: if you're watching the video i've got it on so you can see what they look like if you didn't see it it was a brilliant event i think yeah. actually i've got my kindred glass hang on oh yeah the kindred glass is beautiful
1: I didn't even think yeah. about I, yeah i, I had I, I had my full circle glass that i use literally yesterday and i put it in the dishwasher and i was like oh no i don't have my glass out." totally forgot that i <laughs> got the gift set and i got
3: yeah. the glass of that yeah so the the artist if anyone wants to look her up her name's laura sheldon uh and i believe her tag on like social media instagram is sheldo underscore draws uh if you scroll back on our feed anyways you can find and and she's tagged in the posts that we put her stuff on but yeah she was amazing and uh she was you know she actually donated the the artwork for the the, the beer because as it was a charity band. so uh we'll be looking to you know possibly work with her again um on a on a future label as well
0: amazing i think we can probably link her as well can't we yeah i'll put her in the show notes um, right, so I can see that Tori needs a drink there, so shall we crack open our first beer? Yeah, speaking of beer. Um, <laughs> yeah, and apologies to anybody listening to
1: this because I've just gotten over being like ill over the weekend uh, since the end of this past week and I totally lost my voice and now it's coming back, which is great, uh, but now I just sound like an idiot at the moment, so I'm really sorry. <laughs>
2: you just sound like you're mid-festival.
1: Yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah. Festival of voice, which is like perfect for this. Um, but I'm really excited to crack open the first beer, which is Looper, and I particularly really enjoy Looper. So, uh, Alex, if I hand it over to you, do you want to tell us a bit about Looper?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, so, part of what I was um, targeted to do, or asked to do when we when I joined the company was to create a, a bit of a core range. Um, and the first one I really looked at was the IPA. Um, so we tried to target a couple of beers, kind of four and a half to 5%, five and a half to six and six and a half to seven. And most breweries, you look at your kind of IPA being your flagship beer. Um, so that was the kind of one we, we kind of we thought we put the most expensive hops in. Um, we just try and make a beer that we really wanted to drink and then see what we can sell it for basically um so this is kind of inspired by uh, a couple of amazing ipas out there i know that uh um some of the beers i used to love to drink was kind of some of the early beaver town um north um northern monk there were some some really good ipas out there and they kind of i kind of took a inspiration from all of them to just make the beer that I wanted to drink which I kind of been I've been really lucky to do all the way through um, was to kind of just make things that I want to drink and I think hopefully um, it comes across as a good beer um, it's quite a lot of loats in there a little bit of wheat um, quite a hazy IPA but very low bitterness um, kind of a New England style water profile on that and then you've got Citra mosaic and a touch of cashmere um, which kind of give it a kind of a your usual kind of citrus and stone fruits, but just maybe a hint of lemon and lime in there or grapefruits as well, which comes out from the, um, uh, the cashmere. So I think it gives a little bit of an edge, um, which I love. And it's one of these beers that I forget to drink for so long. And then when I have it, I remember why I like it so much.
1: I feel like people on the forums as well are absolutely rave about about Looper. Like
2: okay.
1: if If someone... No, I just think across the board, there's been so many people across the board. It's always like, oh... Has anyone seen this full circle beer? And anyone would be like, "Oh no, I haven't seen that one, but I love Looper." It's always like Looper, Looper, Looper everywhere. And
2: um, for no reason, beer. I'm really happy that it's this one. Um, like I said, it was our, our first beer. Um, we've kind of tweaked as we've gone. We improved our process more than anything. The recipes basically stayed the same. Um, but I feel like the, the Looper we're producing now is is to, is, is better than the very first lip we produced, and uh, I'm hoping we can continue to keep it as consistent and uh, as hoppy and as well balanced as I'd like to think it is.
1: So, how many beers do you have that are in your core, your core range? Because I know I know a few of but I'll, I'll let you sort of we've, <laughs>
2: talk we've got about a kind <laughs> of core range, and then we've got a couple that just kind of keep getting released. Um, but our core range, we've got our session IPA, which is repeater. Um, it's about four point two percent. Uh, We've got a double dry hop pale ale, which is Idaho 7 and Citra called Rotator. Um, We've got a a, quite a classic American pale ale, which is kind of lightly fine. So it's uh, a much more classic American beer um, with Cascade and Chinook in and Looper. Um, And then alongside that, we've got a a rotating um, single hop Pilsner series, um, which isn't technically a core beer, but it's, Always available. Um and we've just about to release one which has got Nelson Sobin in. And then we'll, we'll pretty much work on any kind of n- new world um hop on that. So maybe something that's got a bit more of a, a noble history. Um we've done Motoweka, uh Laurel, uh Blanc. Um, but we just keep putting out single hop Pilsners and I love them. Um Unfind and, and yeah, I think they're great beers as well
3: uh a, a core that you you failed to mention it is called the American Pale Ale It's called Hoop.
2: I described it. Forgot to say the name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just has to. He just brews it. That's yeah. it.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, Hoop is definitely the the beer that you know gets no love. I will say because it's very it's it's a we call it our it's our gateway beer. So um, you know if people are coming to the tap room that aren't really craft beer fans but have been dragged along by you know their friends that are craft beer drinkers you know that's why we've got well we've got the single hot pilsner and it's so good so we give we offer that and and hoop as as kind of those those gateway beers into good craft beer
1: i think that's quite important though because i think like i've got a bunch of friends that they outside of sort of like the craft beer community that they'll drink beer but they don't they're not really fast they don't really care but they're not necessarily they don't want to spend a whole bunch of money for you know a a can of a certain beer that, that maybe I'd be like oh that costs nothing but to them they're like oh that's really expensive and and they don't have like their taste isn't what they're looking for is not something that's going to be a fuller flavor they want something that's maybe a bit less not offensive isn't the right word but to them it's like oh that's that's strong that's very powerful they want something that's a bit more like subdued and so I think it's really good when places offer something that's quite good for people that is an introduction because I know like I gave one of my friends a wheat beer the day and, and they really liked it and it was like okay so if you like that he was asking me about it like Where do you get that from? Where, you know, where can I get more of that sort of thing? And I was like, oh, that's good. So I think if you offer that, you're more likely to have your friends want to go back to that location and slowly they'll start branching out. So it is really quite important to do that.
2: Yeah, we we try and so we've got a tap room on site, which is kind of glass side and overlooks a brewery. Uh, And one of the things we always try and consider when we're developing beers is we want that range of beers on the, the tap room to kind of be accessible. Um, but to make it uh, kind of interesting as well, so that's where we always have a um, kind of a, 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 a lager on there, a pilsner. So that if you come in and you go, oh, I mean, drink cahlin, i that one. Try this and see what you think of it. And when we've got um, kind of hoop, which is the next step, up, a little bit more hoppy, and then we always try and have a low, uh, a lowish ABV dark beer, an imperial stout on there, a sour. Um, a couple of IPAs, um, and just a range of beers, a couple of interesting guests one on there. So it doesn't matter what you want to drink, we've got something covered for everybody, and we've got a great kind of house wine selection, some really good cocktails. Uh, So I'd like to think anybody that comes to the tap room is happy to spend some time there and enjoys it, and I think that's really important to make everything accessible.
0: Definitely something for everyone
1: there. Yeah, I was going to say, do you guys do food out of there as well now? Because yeah, I know you had you did pizzas at one point, so you're still doing pizzas,
2: yeah, Ooh. pizza, dough balls, um, loaded fries, some kebabs as well, um, flatbreads, um, some really good food at the longest. Nice,
1: Joe. I'm I'm keen to know what your thoughts are on uh, on Looper because I know that you don't tend to go like IPA and hoppy beers, so I just want to know. I love Looper, but oh, I mean, obviously, I like New England,
0: I really <laughs> like it. What? made you choose to put cashmere in it because I really like cashmere and I feel like it's a bit of an outlier and it's not something that people would necessarily choose to put in their core range but I think it's amazing
2: we have the largest contract of cashmere in the UK uh, already and we don't still don't use that much of it um um, so that was quite an interesting thing yeah but um I was just looking for something to uh, citron mosaic is such a classic combination I didn't want to just put a citron mosaic beer out there. Um, and I was looking for something that would complement them, but was had it was slightly powerful enough to bring something of its of its own. Um, and I think I tried a couple of hops during our development, and then I just tried cashmere because it was suggested in the, really, the descriptions on there. Um, and it just worked. I think it just brings a really nice edge to it. Um, Kind of, like I say a bit of lemon and lime, bit of grapefruit pith, um, and I think really happy with it. And and I should probably use it in more beers, but yes, please. Cashmere pilsner or something like that? Um, oh
0: yes, that'd be amazing. I think it really lifts the other two. Like it's such a really lovely combination. It doesn't,
2: it doesn't need to be much. Um, it's almost kind of maybe twenty percent cashmere in there, but you can tell it's in there. Yeah not as kind of hit you in the face as a sabro but um it's you can tell it's something different
1: amazing I love it I was gonna say I think the thing is with sabro is like when you put sabro in it everyone knows you've put sabro in it <laughs> like oh. all the hops kind of blend in a bit like you could do a bit more blending with it when you put sabro in nine times out of ten everyone's gonna be like yeah I taste the sabro <laughs> yeah
2: you gotta work really hard to just put maybe quarter of a bag in with sabro yeah. Like uh, one of our brewers will not drink anything with SABRO in. Oh, no. and very disappointed every time he sees it on the recipe. And um,
3: I enjoy when he sees it on the recipe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do you like do you just sit back and like wait for the reaction and you're like? Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> not happy. Um, but it's it's even worse on the packaging day because when it's fresh as well, it's very pungent. And then it kind of like fades out a little bit. But yeah. we've never put any more than five percent of a hot bill the SABRO. And you can still tell from the other side that's yeah. got Sabro in. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's just going to be very, very delicate with it, and um, we don't use it as often as I probably could do. But um, there's lots of hops out there which you can kind of blend in a little bit and just try and make it not too samey.
0: That's
1: brilliant. Um, I don't know. Are you, oh, you guys are still? You guys are still stiffening on yours. I think me and Graham finished. <laughs> oh, I can move on. That's fine.
3: I don't want to. I mean, I'll be honest, I did cheat. I didn't pour the whole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. So, we, to, to be fair. We always do like half because then we take yeah. photos and drink the other half when we're done recording yeah. because we're like, we need those sweet picky pits. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, should, should we move on to the second one and we can yeah. get a bit uh, chatting about the festival stuff. Um, so the second one we're going to have is simpler times. That's your oat pail 5.1%. Um, do you want to give us sort of like a little bit, like wh- where did the name come from? Like where did you get the idea to do this oat pail?
2: I don't know if the name came before the label, um, but did did it? Yeah,
3: I think it was honestly. I think we came up with it at a a meeting we were having, and I think Alex just went on a tangent of just putting two words together, and we just came up with simpler times. Um, I think it was just looking back on
1: simpler times, (laughs) without
3: having to you know. I think it was without. You know, when bars reopened up or have closed down, and it was just what are the rules on anything and everything with travel, with uh, going for a meal anywhere. If it, you know, if you cross the border into Edinburgh and things are different all of a sudden, and you have to be aware of that, and table bookings and track and trace and all that. So Mm -hmm. it's just kind of about that. And then the label just kind of goes to, I think it looks like it's like windows 98 or something with paint and minesweeper and that type of thing so it was just back when times were easy for everyone
1: when you mentioned about the label like i hadn't even properly looked at it and so it's just made me absolutely laugh because i noticed the minesweeper in the background as well and i was like
0: nice (laughs) I'm, i'm loving the um take it you know they take your pencil for a walk but it's obviously not it's your mouse <laughs> and then filled in all the different sections i'm pretty sure i did that <laughs> on yeah. windows idea at some point in life <laughs> <laughs> that
3: was when you were born in computer classroom right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so good i was just so like full like the taste is so full i'm assuming it's like the, the oat that would have done it but um, yeah it was 40 percent
2: of 45 percent oats in this mm-hmm. so it was a bit of a difficult one to brew, but we'd wanted to do something like this for a while. Um, So it's a blend of probably Torrefied Oats and uh, naked malted oats, um, just to make it slightly easier to brew. Um, But the the way the market's going at the moment, we kind of want to produce beers with big flavour, but slightly lower ABV. Um, Everyone seems to want to just be out longer and drink pints and not have to go home after an hour um so this is kind of one of our kind of we love five percent beers uh, basically so we can drink more in the tap room but uh, um it's quite heavily hopped this one so it's quite aggressive um especially with this it's got strata and equinot and um, two amazing hops and strata is quite big this year um Verdant are using a lot of it, Wilma are using a lot of it, and it's just starting to come over to the UK. Um, and it's very pungent, it's very dank. Um, but when it's paired with aquanut, they're both really big flavors. But I'm hoping they kind of balance to become quite stone fruity and citrusy. I know that they, uh, in the office, they hate when I say the word dank, but I think it suits it a little bit.
1: It's a uh... It's just really funny when you when you see people use the word dank, and other people like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why why that's not like. Just watching people react to other people using the word dank is almost as fun as using the word itself. (laughs) It's brilliant. Um, Yes, to to
2: describe all the beers because I end up like so many flavor descriptions that you can just write down on paper, and they're the same. And it's just um, picking certain bits and trying to not say the same each week. And yeah. you can taste a beer side by side and it tastes very different, but you'll still get a little bit of citrus, <laughs> a little bit of stone fruit, and um, kind of all the things around that tropical notes. But uh, until you taste it, you can't really tell.
1: Yeah. I'm a big Strass huh? fan. So, so yeah, it uh, makes me happy. Uh, again, I want to hear Joe's feedback on it because, like, this is what I said to Joe, it's like we're doing IPA. Pow and, and the uh, dipper. She's like, oh, I'm boy. a dark. <laughs> she's a darkish.
3: Yeah. She's a- yeah. Dark, dark beers are always a hard, hard sell to shift. I mean, yeah. we've got, I think we sent you one anyways, but. Uh, yeah, we the- hoarded
1: that one to the side. Yeah. We were like, <laughs> no, 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 we'll hoard that, <laughs> so like so. that one. <laughs> so we,
3: we've got that Pillars of Creation on, which is the Oak Porter at yeah. 4.5%. And wow. we got it on the nitro tap in the bathroom. Mm. room, and I had a bit the other day, and it was it was so so good. It it was like taking a Guinness and making the Guinness taste
2: so much better.
3: <laughs>
1: <It's amazing. laughs> that, head, that head shake. What was the head shake?
2: I, think, I, I, I <laughs> think it's a little bit different to a Guinness. No,
1: <laughs> <but. laughs>
3: it's different to a Guinness for sure. But yeah. like the that that same kind of ABV, and then like. The, Nitro, it just was so creamy and so I don't know. It was just, it made me like think, Oh, I want to drink some dark beer again. Like, because I haven't had some, it haven't had much in that recently, but that was just so good.
2: It's got a, um, a limited release malt in that as well from Crisp, um, toasted naked malted oats. So, it took oh. a batch of um, naked oats and they've toasted them. Um, so even when you're tasting the malt, it's it's just beautiful it's kind of a slightly toffee edge um kind of toasted marshmallow just um and kind of slightly burnt toast in there as well so hopefully it gives it a really nice um kind of toasty background in there um and we also put some of that malt in the barley wine we're about to release as well um so um we really enjoy using some limited edition small batch malts as well um and I think dark beers quite often They suit a lot more when you play around with the malt and kind of make that the star rather than some hops as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think having an interest in grain bill and being able to play with that. It's just people underestimate how much flavor you can get from an interesting grain bill.
1: Yeah, no I agree. I think a lot of people like it's all, you know, the hops. Hops hops hops, but yeah. Yeah. It's very definitely underestimated in that that's
2: I think we also sent you a hop advice. Because yes because of your podcast
1: I was really excited like I was honestly I was like send whatever like uh, you know we had we had the argument of, like please let me buy stuff and I was going to buy stuff because I was like I really want that hop and vice, so really <laughs> and uh and then I was like okay it's just like luck of the draw luck of the draw we'll see and then it came and I was like I got the hop and vice. So I was very very excited about that mm-hmm. um yeah I, I it was like a kid on Christmas when I opened that. <laughs> Um, I have had, uh, I feel like I've had many of your beers now and, um, I'm fairly certain I'll enjoy it. Like that Saison that you did still like one of the best like Saisons that I probably have ever had. <laughs> it she literally mentions it so all the good. time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Like, honestly, I've been telling everyone, like, if you see a can of like if you, when it was originally out, I was like, if you see a can of it, you have to go, but I'm not even going to name it here because I feel like it's not, it's not fair. It's not fair because well, no one's. I don't think there's any cans left of it, well, is there?
3: there? There isn't, but I'll, we'll we'll mention something in a bit that will will make you quite excited.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm 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 ready for this. so We'll save that for, save that for the end. Um, but actually, that's quite a good segue into what I thought would be quite good to talk to you guys about, which is like you know the festival season, festival season as it is, sort of come to an end. We're we're in the going towards the dark days of winter, rainy season. No fun, um, but we thought it'd be quite good to talk to you guys because A, I helped you guys out this summer um, on on an occasion or two. Really sorry, um, no. but it's <laughs> so <gonna> much <laughs> genuinely like so much fun, um, but like best time. But also, if I remember correctly, this was your first year doing festivals, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, uh, it was our first year of doing more than one festival. Um, we got one festival in our when we were about two months old Wow. we were pouring only two beers and two beers that we had contract brewed for us so uh and then COVID happened uh so yeah we um we ended up doing five or six this summer and of course everything got kind of mashed into a very tight schedule of festivals this year where I think I was on the road for you know most of the summer I'd only be in the office one day one day in the week so it was very, very busy, but I think it was a big, big uh, learning experience for us. And it was great to finally get out and talk to breweries because, uh, you know, we hadn't talked to anyone other than, you know, some local local breweries that we, we get on with. But, uh, yeah, it was finally good to meet people and, and you know, sort some collabs out that off the back of festivals, meeting people for the first time in, in different cities that had not you know seen us before and um it's just good to to show our face in in different places which i think off the back of that has gotten us you know fans in in different areas of the uk which is uh which is great which is you know we want to expand more in the uk uh and and like i said we've got some some clubs off the back of it uh the of wittesame that the wheat beer we did with salt and then um you know, we did a we've done a beer now with uh, Brew by Numbers that's going to be released soon, and uh, on bar down in Brighton, and uh, and a few more coming up as well. So uh, it's just been it's been fantastic. It's been you know worn us down a bit, but it's been it's been a great first first year of festivals. And uh, you know, again, obviously, thank you, Tori, for for helping us out. For oh, thank
1: you for letting me. That was like <laughs> it was. That's the first time I've ever sort of been behind a bar in that capacity and doing work in that capacity so I was like literally shitting it at first I was like what if I like balls this up and it's not even something that I like I I don't I'm representing you and I was like oh I really hope I don't balls this up but it was it was a lot of fun and it was really interesting you know the, the, the first one that I did with you guys was Bigfoot and seeing people come up and being like I, I know you guys I know you guys and there were people that literally were like wanted to take photos with Alex. We're like Alex, like go take a photo. Like they were so excited to like see the brewery because they they had I think it was people that were either from up north or they had kind of had your beer before, but they just never sort of put two and two together and it's like it's like when you go to a gig and and the band's just like it felt like when you go to a gig and the band's just hanging out on the side and you're just like i want to go say hi to them and stuff it was just it was a really cool like surreal experience doing that but um which one was the first festival that you guys actually did of this season
3: that was bigfoot was so it actually bigfoot? like thrown into the deep end of <laughs> what, what it was um yeah, it was, it was so weird going to, I mean, obviously everything was outdoors. Uh, so it was, and it was in middle of June, I think it was. So it was still kind of, we're just kind of coming out of restrictions and that sort of thing. And it like you said, it was, it was surreal to, to see people out and enjoying themselves the way they did. And I think that's one of the things that like, they were long days for, for me, especially working because we've got such a small team that I was, you know all day every, every day of a festival but to see people excited and, and coming to your stand and, and excited, so pumped to taste your beer it was just like this is really happening like it feels like it was just like the other day now that we were pouring our first beer in the tap room and now we've got people coming like you say, Taking photos with Alex and stuff
0: like that—it's like, it, just weird to see. But he looks thrilled about.
3: Yeah.
1: I think it was just that weird experience where, like, people were like, oh, like, do you, like there was there was definitely more than one occasion when someone was like, "Do you guys like actually work for the brewery?" And i to be like, "Well, no, like I don't, but they, like they do." Sort of thing. Like I'm just volunteering, and then we're like, "He's a brewer," and they were like. Oh, and it, was, it was like it's like sheer excitement. It
2: was so yeah. good. It putting we
1: smiles on people's faces, isn't it? Yeah.
2: yeah, we were in such a bubble during COVID. Um, the fact that we were, which our first beers that we brewed got released the first weekend of lockdown. Um, we only kind of we came to work and went home, and apart from seeing the occasional thing on social media or doing the occasional thing online. You hadn't, we had no idea if anybody actually outside the area drinks our beer. Um, and seeing people come up who drank our beer or um, just people coming up in our T-shirts, I think is the strangest thing ever. Um, I still don't, get, still can't get used to that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, it was a great experience. It's very stressful. But I uh, also the opportunity to watch live music for the first time in like a year and a bit. That was amazing. Um I I love the experience and I really hope we get to go back next year Uh, even if we're not pouring I'd love to go back as a a customer and just good beer and the food was amazing and just great music as well it was amazing.
1: I was gonna say you say that like um, I saw that there was early access not too long ago for getting tickets and I was like oh it's like part of me part of me like (laughs) really wants to get the early access because it was such a really good experience and I think you know having gone to quite a few festivals now that were like very similar Bigfoot did it in a really really good way I think there was lots of food options like obviously Joe you you were there as well that yep. you know the food options were incredible yeah. the breweries that were there were all incredible there were so many activities and stuff to do and like Alex so like you said there was so much live music and it was just overall I think really well executed and it was a really fun time that I was like even if I wasn't working like I would have been really happy to have just gone as, as somebody just to enjoy it all
3: yeah i mean the, the we've most of the festivals we've done this year have been put on by um the company we are beer and uh honestly nothing but but great things to say about uh, them and and the work they've done I, you get to that those festivals and you see like the amount of stress on their face because uh, they want to make sure everything is going off without a hitch uh, and and each festival I've gone to, they've, they've knocked it out of the park. It's been really good. So if um, if, you, if you're if you wondering what festivals to go to, definitely check them out because they've got great breweries and it's a great setup um, for, for all of the festivals that we've been to with them.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I guess the next question I'd, I'd have is, like, learning curve-wise, like, was there anything after Bigfoot that you sort of took away and you were like, okay, maybe we need to adjust how we do this or – like just slight tweaks of, of how you were doing things that maybe you thought, oh, maybe we need to do something slightly different?
2: I mean, I'd like to have a team maybe 10 times the size. <laughs> it got quite disheartening when you, there was four of you there for the entire weekend and a couple of breweries around us had a new squad of four people every session. <laughs> that was wow. A-
1: I think we did really well yeah. <laughs> with four people. Like, <laughs> I mean- people coming up and being like, what do you have? And then it, it was like looper rotator looper rotator and it was just it was like absolutely flying out that's how i know people absolutely love looper and they love rotator
3: i mean they're they're it's it's uh, i think the hardest thing to figure out what to take to a festival is what beer to bring because um you know people love hearing like a, a, a good double ipa and a good imperial stout but then you get so many people also come by and they're like oh you don't have anything like sessionable or oh you don't like and so it's like what do I bring I've got to bring this many kegs what's going to sell and you're, you're right like rotator um you know 5.2 percent ddh pale core range and I'm like it's not really going to sell too much in a festival but then I like, go to like Manchester Beer Festival or London and it and it's the first keg to go off and I've, I've got like like you said like the the saison on and I've got a double IPA on and I'm like okay so people still want to drink pints and you know it's 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 not balanced to try and figure out and I don't think it's I've figured it out yet um uh, because each festival is different and and the the crowd you're going to get so uh I mean I've got I mean you're going to release this bef- after but we've got the London Craft Beer Festival Christmas Market this 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 weekend and I'm hoping that I've got the right mix of beers that we're taking down for it. But,
1: but. It's, it's so difficult because I feel like there's so many like varying factors. Like when it's an outside festival, what's the weather like? I feel like we, we experienced that at Bigfoot where it absolutely pissed it down. And like it was sunny like one minute and everyone wanted something to accompany the sun and then the next day it was absolutely chucking it down and people wanted something that was maybe lower abv on the sunday because they were driving home or or they were driving home on the monday and they didn't want to be hungover or there was you know just the need for something completely different than they wanted the night before and you can only have so many in one time that like you're not just going to go okay this one's not this one's not doing well for the weather let's change it up and put something else on because now you sort of like half tapped two of them instead of just committing to one and that's that's got to be so difficult how do you go about deciding which ones you're going to take
3: um we usually always want to take looper because if people don't know anything about us I always recommend trying trying it to see what kind of what we're about and it's our flagship and if if that's the only beer that they get from us on that festival, it's the most likely beer that they will see again somewhere. Um, so I always want to take looper down and then it's it's just really a guessing game. Uh, we always try and have, you know it, it is a pale heavy market, but we do try we usually have four taps on uh, at a festival or we have anyways this year. So at least one of those taps I want to be something completely non-pale either sour, stout, um, you know, the saison or something different to kind of draw people in. And If people are a bit, you know, not wanting a pale, they at least have an option. Because I know that you go to some and it's all pales, and people just walk right by. Whereas, um, yeah. So, but I would say we definitely try and also have a lower ABV on a, on one of the four tops as well. Um, but then it's just it is a complete guessing game to see.
2: Yeah, I think it's very different between um, also what people working there want to drink and what the customers want to drink. Um, so people, those people working in the industry, they'll see that you've got a Saison on and just keep coming back again and again and again for it. So you put your Pilsner on and you get all the people from the other stalls just coming over and drinking it. And that, for me, is real highlight because they'll just come back and just say that's my favourite beer of the festival. Um, I think we, we were down in Bristol as well and there were um, – Four or five French Canadians, and they're like, This is the only Saison you've got in the entire festival. Um, and then I remember
1: that <laughs> they came back
2: for like two sessions in a row and just only drank our beer. And that kind of feels amazing at this at the time. It's um, it's a real compliment as well, especially when other brewers are drinking your beer.
0: I, I feel like that Saison was such a big hit, <laughs> it was so good, it was really good. Um, how'd you work out how much beer to take with you?
3: Uh... <laughs> That is again um a bit of a guessing game, yeah, you know we ask for recommendations from the the people hosting it, so like we are beer in that um, and I think they usually overshoot what they suggest, and I assume that's just because they don't want people to run out of beer, yeah. so uh it's mainly mainly seeing what they they what they say, and then probably knocking off a keg or two okay <laughs> for for us anyway, so far, I mean. You know the other the other breweries uh, that are you know a little bit more well known and have that you know a bit more hype around them they probably go through through a bit more because I mean everyone knows North everyone's going to go to North for a beer probably and and that's you know built up over time I, I you know through good beers and consistent beers and that so you know we hope to get there at some yeah, with times.
2: this being so new as well we we don't have the prime locations um so we we don't have the same foot traffic that some of the bigger breweries will have i mean a big foot i think brew york had one of the the biggest stands and the best locations and you found most of the breweries in that tent sold out by saturday evening um just because everyone would go straight to those uh stands because that's where the foot traffic went um so hopefully the more kind of we grow and the more we get into this um that'll increase as well
3: I mean, hopefully, hopefully a couple of European festivals at
2: some point soon, but yeah. we'll, we'll see about that. Adam <laughs> likes to travel. <laughs> I do like
1: to travel. So who doesn't, though? I feel like that's the dream, isn't it? Being able to travel and uh, travel for beer. thats That's got to be like one of the coolest things that you can do.
3: probably. <laughs> I mean, we, we, there is going to be an announcement. That, I mean, it won't be for a little bit, but uh, you, you might be able to travel with us at some point soon for a nice little trip. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I, I can't say too much more,
1: don't, but uh... <laughs> don't get me excited. <laughs> <laughs> were, there, were there any other um, like learning curves you took away? Because like I know when I when I rocked up to Bigfoot, there was uh, there was lots of talk about like yeah our stand isn't the same as like everyone else's stand. We didn't really realise that, but then like since then, you definitely changed the layout of how you like did your stand. For example, was that something that was. Like really important as something to change, or was that just kind of a yeah? If, if we can change it, that's that's nice.
3: Yeah. So the stand at Bigfoot was the the stand that we could rent off of um, off of We Are Beer, and I'm not sure where they rented off of, but uh, yeah, um, we ended up getting a stand custom built for uh, us, and it's not anything crazy and out there like you see at tiny rebel and stuff like that at, at uh, festivals right. but what it at least did was it gave us a back bar to put the the lenders on and then allowed us to have a little bit more space in front to either chat to people that want to you know have a bit of a beer and chat with us about different things uh and just it gave us a bit more room uh, but also saved us you know a bit of money so we didn't have to rent a stand every so every festival um I mean, there's still work to do on the on the stand to make it a bit nicer, but uh, it did help for sure uh, in the future festivals. And I think it depends also on on each festival that you go to and how far you need to go and what that festival is going to be like and if you need that stand or not. So, but it also gives us the opportunity to possibly do some local things with it and and that sort of thing. So,
1: I think it came out looking really good to be honest. Like when I saw it after like after I know there was a discussion of like, oh, we should probably like make our own, like, can we do this? Can we do that? And I saw it, I was like, oh, look, like whatever you did, it came out like really good. It looks, it looks really nice. So um, yeah, kudos on that one.
2: A couple festivals and you start getting used to how uh, to set up and take everything down as well, which uh, at first is quite daunting, but then you kind of get used to it. It takes fewer people. Um, it's less stressful as well um and just practice makes perfect um and hopefully a load more next year
0: as well and uh, so I used to work in theater and I used to work on the road and uh, I did a Christmas show one year and you know first night breaking down putting in the lorry for it to go to the next thing it takes a while by the end of it you're like right all of this is boxed up in the van in in half an hour because I'm getting home <laughs> <laughs> you get real quick at it <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's gotten quicker for sure. I remember the f- first festival we had the um the new bar we had. Alex had packed it up to get down there for me because uh, I was away or something. I can't remember. But trying to get this bar back onto <laughs> the pallet,
0: how did you do that?
3: I had no idea how, and I was there for about forty-five minutes. I had to call Alex and say, "How did you do this?" And he basically told me I was. An idiot and have to just figure it out myself almost. <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, it was one of your calls where all oh, I saw half the time was uh, Graham's ear.
3: <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's like I said, it's just getting used to it and then just getting more efficient, getting better with every festival. And yeah, um, I think the biggest thing is it'd be nice to have be able to have a, a bit of a bigger team, but that's not where you know we're not at that point yet. So hopefully soon, but in, in, until then we've got Tori so yeah,
1: yeah, you, you've, always, you've always got me because uh, yeah. I, I I just think it's for me it's, it's such a blast like getting to not only talk to you guys um, getting to talk to just the wider the people that come up even about beer that's really good like I think your beer is really good um, like obviously I'm not just saying that because you're on the call or anything like that I mean I think yeah apologies Alex at <laughs> Bristol by the end of the night I was like two glasses deep from the saison i'm so sorry I, I i will take no offense if you're like you cannot work for us again after that
2: i'm the most drunk person there um i mean like we're behind our bar serving each other it was
1: i was like i literally came back i was like can i have more saison please and they're like yes and i was like thank you um but yeah no it's just it's such a blast like getting to serve people like really good beer beer that your that you th- like even though it's not my beer it's not I don't have a stake in the game like I think it's really good so getting to serve it to other people is really cool and getting to connect with other people over it is really cool um getting to talk to people inside and outside the industry is just like such a really good experience that I actually think that's more for me it's more fun almost working there than it is attending it because I think like if I were to take my husband to a, a beer festival if I'm going with Joe it's one thing But if I'm going with my husband, he's just like, cool, and next beer, cool, and next beer, like, he's like, don't ask me to describe it, it's, it's good, like, it's, like, it was fun with, him and my friends at Bristol but like if I was to just go with just him and try to talk about beer he's like yeah let's not just talk about beer let's talk about other things so I find it really fun working and getting to talk to you guys about it and they're like Alex when we we're at Bristol we were talking about all like crazy things that you were looking forward to like brewing and stuff like that and I find those kind of conversations really good so I am more than willing to help out anytime I can because I, I find it really fun um yeah, I mean, that's part of, I think, Graham, you kind of mentioned it earlier. Like I was going to say, what do you think is the most important thing about beer festivals? And I think f- from my perspective, one of it is, you know, having those conversations, getting to have those conversations face-to-face, not just on a forum. And two, I think what you had mentioned earlier about um, getting to talk to other people within the, in the industry, like, if you don't get to do that year round. But what do you guys think is sort of the most important thing about those festivals?
3: Well, I would thing but yeah both of those obviously getting the in the name and building the brand within the consumers that are coming out to the the festivals and obviously they're spending you know their hard money and if they're coming to chat to you and and they ended up end up liking what you've got it's it's huge because I mean if they're then taking that to their local bottle shop or their local pub and they're saying oh like I had this beer from this brewery and it it was great well then you know that might you know, get us a sale down in a in a place that has never heard of us. Um, and then obviously those same pubs and bottle shops are probably coming to the festival to, you know, see see new breweries. Um, so it's it's just all about building the brand. It's not about, you know, we, there's a, somewhat of a misconception. I think people don't understand that making money at festivals is not something you really do. It's not about making money. It's about meeting new people. It's about expanding the brand to new markets which in turn hopefully you know gives more business to you but it's not you know dollar in the pocket right there uh and then uh, yeah meeting new meeting new breweries and, and then being able to collaborate on beers and, and then also get into different markets through collaborations is, is great so yeah it's, it's lots of those i would say those would be the three main things that are great about the the festivals
2: Yeah, I just love having conversations with people um, on the stalls and whether they're from other breweries or whether there's just kind of consumers there, it's just great to talk to them. And I think they enjoy talking to people that have a real connection with the brewery as well. Um, I think that's really valuable to them. Um, And because we're so new and we're still, it's kind of, you question pretty much everything you do as a brewery, whether it's the right thing to do, is the beer going to taste okay? It's just really nice to have people saying they actually enjoy your beer. Um, It's as simple as that. Um, they enjoy drinking what you make, and I don't think I can ask for anything more than that.
1: What's what's uh what's your least favorite task of when you of like when you're setting up and breaking down? Like, what's the thing that you hate? to do? Was for me, it was attempting to move kegs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna try. You're like, give it a go. And I tried picking one up, and I was like, nope, this this I'm isn't it for me.
2: On the on the last evening, 11:30 at, at night, cleaning linders and making a pallet while everybody else is having a drink because they're coming back the next morning to do it. And I just I want to get the pallet <laughs> sorted and go to bed and then just go on.
3: I, w- I would say the, the travel home is probably the worst uh i've got like a said so we've got the london craft beer christmas market this weekend or it's already happened based on this podcast um but a five five and a half six hour drive home from yeah. from london on sunday is going to suck and then monday morning work is going to be <laughs>
1: It feels <laughs> like most like it's better. Like, could you guys like fly to London? Would that not, not be slightly easier? That well, I guess because then you have to take the beer. Who's going to take the beer?
3: Well, we've got the beer going down on a pallet with a courier, but it's we've got little bits that still need to go in the car and that, and then yeah, it's just I don't know. I think it's it's a bit easier because then you got to wherever you fly into, and then you got yeah, it's by the time you do all the flying and. Travel from the airports to the airports, is probably gonna be close enough to the same. Yeah, probably the
0: same amount of time.
1: (laughs) Right. Before we before I ask the last question, I crack the beard. Joe, do you have any more other festival-related questions that you're curious about?
0: Well, I just I just to go back on a point, I think we as consumers really underestimate that um those connections that are created at those festivals. Like we we've said this a couple of times now since we went to Bigfoot. Like you just kind of assume, like you know, oh yeah, these breweries they know each other, they get together, they you know make these beers, and you don't really think about where that happens. And it's the festivals where things like that and and you know collaboration, innovation can happen. And I I don't think people realize that enough.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we were going down to Manchester, and uh, I'd, n- I'd never met some of the Manchester breweries. Um. Since going to full circle. And so I just messaged the the guys at uh, Pomona Island and I was like, hey, love your beer. We've got it into our shop. Um, don't know what you're doing on the Thursday, but love to, you know, come down to the brewery and meet you guys and see you know, say hello. And then we ended up at their tap room and just had a, an entire evening with them in Vault City. And it was just like, it was so good to meet those amazing. mean you know, you never seen them before. And then all of a sudden you just start connecting and you know, we've got you know, a couple of collaborations with, with Pomona Island in mind for, for next year. And we're, you know, pumped to do that. And it's going to get us, you know, our name a bit more into to Manchester, but also when they come to us, it's going to get their name a bit into to Newcastle. And that's kind of a big part of collaboration is, you know, bringing that brand to, to another, another market. And again, we wouldn't have been able to do that without really being able to go to a festival and, and meet people. So.
2: There's always a lot of common ground with it. any brewery that you meet it's you you all share the the kind of fact it's it is a hard job it's long hours it's physical um there's a lot of traveling involved for these festivals as well and um it's something that you all go through doesn't matter how big the brewery is it's it's all the same essentially anyway and that's something that you all share deep down
1: now's the big question for everybody what was your favorite festival of the year and why Joe you're included in this as well oh have a think it'd be like i need to play like countdown music <laughs>
3: um i would i would say bigfoot festival just because it was so different it was the first one uh and it was it was the first time i, I got to see people like as bad as it sounds enjoying life again uh because i hadn't seen that in you know over a, a year at that point or type of thing and so yeah it, and it was yeah it was an experience for sure so I would say Bigfoot for sure
2: yeah Bigfoot for me and getting to share a tent with Graham as well
1: (laughs) my my favorite part of the of the uh tent sharing was like in the morning just seeing your head pop out Alex you're like (laughs) good morning everyone (laughs) it was just like (laughs) just a head (laughs) it was brilliant (laughs) um Uh, yeah that was uh that that's got to be probably like the best and worst part of like a festival was sharing the tent because you probably I slept through it all had to listen to me snore (laughs) but (laughs) but it's so great because uh yeah it's just like a nice everyone can kind of like have a few drinks together and just like stumble off to the tent and go to bed (laughs) I would agree though Bigfoot. I think for me the same reason you said Graham I think it's like seeing people enjoy life again. It was the tent next to us. That's where the DJ was and it was all kicking off after a certain time of night and it's like we could enjoy that from a nice distance where I wasn't sort of like too close to it. I could have some I could have some space. I could have some beers and I could just watch it happen and listen to the music and just see people enjoying themselves and yeah, completely agree. What about you Joe?
0: Yeah, I really liked Bigfoot. Because it was different from any other beer festival I've been to. I'd not been to a camping one before. Um, I've really enjoyed Nottingham Craft Beer Festival as well. That just they had a really lovely friend not that other festivals aren't friendly, but there was just a real like kind of camaraderie at it that I really enjoyed. There's some good ones this year. Leeds was good as well. <sighs> so you get to go to those ones. <laughs>
1: That was that was uh, I, d- I started a new job. and I didn't have too much holiday. So as much as I wanted to go to a whole bunch of them, I couldn't take the time off work. So Joe went without me. I did. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. Actually, that was when I was at the wedding in Not Newcastle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Not Newcastle <laughs> <laughs> wedding. So she went to beer festivals without me. I did. It's not cool. <laughs> Shall we crack open? This last beer which is the dipper which is yes. i'm the most excited for joe to have this one <laughs> this is So rude.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> i mean this is um very different from our other beers in terms of its west coast rather than east coast um and the story behind this beer so um our local brew dog branch in newcastle um both i and quite a few people the team have a, a history with um so one of our brewers used to work there, um, used to run the homebrew club there, and that was my introduction and kind of first ever homebrew club. So when I was starting to get interested in beer, uh, I kind of went down there really nervous, and everybody was really welcoming down there. Everyone just wanted to talk about beer and drink beer. Um, and be, the homebrew club itself was called Brew House Collective, so we thought it was kind of a nice, pardon the pun, but full circle, where we'd all kind of, um, we'd all do a beer together, and then get end up getting served back at the the brew dog where we basically all started at, um, and the team there they wanted to do a West Coast Dipper, um, so we kind of, again similar kind of collaboration as the the Pink Boots beer earlier on this year, we discussed the beer, what type of hops they wanted in it, and um, came up with the name, and um, I love it. It's it's kind of piney, resiny. Um, very classic american west coast uh, not blow your face off bitter um, but there was definitely a bitterness and bite to it as well um, and nice and clear as well like the west coast style should be
1: and that multi sweetness as well that i'm getting that, yeah. which is quite nice that helps sort of like balance out that bitterness as well
2: and it drinks quite well for an 8.8% beer
1: it doesn't taste like an 8.8 no it beer. doesn't <laughs> i'll say that much What's, how how are you feeling with it, Joe? How's it how's it
0: going down for you? That's yes, right. Do you know what? It's better than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> <Not that laughs> I thought it was gonna be bad, but I'm not generally a, a dipper fan. But yeah, you don't taste that 8.5%. It's got as well as like the piney resinous, there's like almost a bit of sherbet.
2: Yeah, a little bit kind of tangerine sherbet. Sure,
0: yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Tangerine for sure. And the malt malt background on there is lovely.
2: So you've got a Columbus Citron Centennial, um, pretty much all the way through the whirlpool and dry hop as well. Um, I'm, I just it's it's one of those beers that I like to have on the tap room because it's it's almost a bit of a palate cleanser compared to some of the other stuff as well, and it gives us a nice range on the on the on the bar as well.
1: I feel like it would probably pair really well with like a lot of foods as well. 'Cause I find like the the beers that have a bit more bitterness in it do tend to just like pair with a bigger variety of things as well and just go like really good with you know pizza like West Coast style I feel like goes like really well with things like pizza and and chips and like that kind of stuff. So I feel like this would go oh, down well yeah. if you're ordering a meal. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean it is a meal almost. Eh? <laughs> it
1: is, yeah. I mean it's a meal in itself, but I really like the artwork on it as well. Yeah. Like it's just
3: I very eye catching.
2: Might, be one, um, might have been the film Predator when they just handshake with each other. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and somebody else.
3: Oh, who is it? Yeah, yeah.
2: is it Predator? I don't
3: <laughs> think so. I think it's. Uh, uh, it was a bit of a joke <laughs> when
2: we suggested it, but it worked quite well. <laughs> yeah, it was, it Isn't it good. weird how things
1: turn out like that? <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, we've had a few, a few, uh, few mix-ups like that in, in in beers, and that we did a. A, uh a beer with the guys down at is this a fountain one yeah phantom uh and it we were like oh do you have any name suggestions and then they put through it through a bunch and one was not my first rodeo and then they put in brackets drive and we thought they were referencing the movie drive right. it was a quote in the movie drive and so we basically recaptured a Iconic scene in that movie and put it on the label and we put called it not my first rodeo. And we're like, here it is, it's been released, we got the labels on. And they're like, We don't understand the label. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, what? Oh. And they were like, no, it was supposed to be like not my first rodeo. Rodeo line. drive. And we're like, oh,
1: I could see that coming. <laughs> yeah. Like when you were yeah. like, Oh, we we thought it was the film drive. I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh no. they mean Rodeo drive? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, things happen. And it
1: works it. That's so good. I think I've got that one as well. And I've picked up the uh collab that you guys did with wild weather as well. The whip,
3: mm-hmm. the whip beer
1: that you did. Um, I haven't had it yet, but I'm quite excited to have it because I do like a good whip. Beer, so I think yeah. it's going to be a excited one. So That's, yeah. that's hilarious. Not my first rodeo driver. They're like, what, what is this label?
0: <laughs> what yeah, is no. this about?
3: So, yeah, uh, that's just one name that's had some fun with it, but, uh, uh we're speaking like west coast um with this beer it was interesting because i went home to alberta canada uh west like kind of west side of canada and every beer there is a west coast style almost compared to here uh where so it's it's interesting to see just the influence is still it's you know never the same no matter where you go in the world so um i got a big West Coast kick when I went back there. And so coming back to the UK and um, drinking a lot, trying to you know find more West Coast. And it is something that we try and do every so often is a different style of IPA, whether it's a rye IPA, a red or a, a West Coast. Um, but like Alex says, to just have something a bit different on the bar with that little bit of more bitterness. So um, yeah, it's, I think we've probably got another one in the in the works for the new year.
1: Did, when you came back from Canada, like, did you bring any cans back with you?
2: I think one. Really disappointing.
1: That's
3: disappointing. I, I, I brought some back for myself.
1: <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
3: um, so I, it's I, like,
1: could, uh, can we get a bottle share going, guys?
3: <laughs> not fine. I could not carry enough based on the amount that uh, of, of luggage we had. So <laughs> I, I had a very select few that I have in my fridge right now. <laughs> Uh,
1: I'm, I'm about to find out that struggle when I go back to the US at Christmas mm-hmm. and I'm just considering like, do I get a second, do I get a second bag? Do I pay for a second bag Then I'm like, ooh, how sad do I want to look to the customs agent that's checking my bag? <laughs> I
3: mean, I, I took a ton of full circle home with, with me for, for friends back home. And uh, I mean, Alex, will be pleased that they, they were thoroughly enjoyed um, by friends and family. So, uh, but I did find out that the UK has an obscene amount of beer that you can actually bring back. So, that second bag could be a full bag because it... That's it.
1: There's no rule. There's no yeah. rule on beer. It's only spirits. It's if it's top tip for anyone traveling, it's only if it's above a certain ABV, which tend to be the spirits or wine, that you are limited to like two, basically like two bottles or something like that. If it's under a certain ABV, which the majority, well, I think the majority of beer fall under you can take back as many as you want well as many as you can fit in your in your luggage um so yeah top top tip get a second bag if you if you don't mind how customs agents will look at you definitely get a second bag
2: Uh, and help pay for that extra bag <laughs>
1: that's it i'm planning on i'm, I'm potentially mean, going to treehouse i'll try to get some like nice treehouses in it's all good i've already been like you're getting me beer yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's already asked me can, can you get me a like a yeah. sam adams utopian yeah. i was like, like she's i don't got a think mission. i'm gonna be able to find that yeah. like, i'm
0: like this is your mission <laughs> if you choose yeah. to accept it and then i, I, then I told to her this beer.
1: if i find it i'm gonna be so paranoid that i've that I'm gonna be like carrying it like a baby. I'm gonna be like, I'm really sorry. Like this is my child. Can I can I buy a seat for it? Like, how much money it costs to get those? I don't know if I feel. Like, I believe in you. I was like, I don't know if I believe I trust in me. you. It's fine. <laughs> stressful. It's really stressful. But yeah, I mean. So we'll, we'll talk we'll get some they'll bring some stuff back don't worry guys only, i won't let you down i'll bring it
2: <laughs> inspired styles that are done so well over there kind of wheat heavies um big bitters uh brown ales that kind of stuff oh I
0: god think. there are not enough brown ales over here i want more please definitely so i
2: definitely think i'm good. I'm.
1: i'm bringing the selection back with me as well because i'm like i you know my sister's stocked up on all these beers that I wanted mainly pumpkin beers, we'll be honest, um, but she's got me all the pumpkin beers and she's got me uh, like the Sour Patch Kids, the sour one that I forget who the brewery is that did it, but they did the Sour Patch Kids ones. Um she was even saying, I'm not sure if I want to try this, but I'm going to do it because I'm interested. I was like, I don't know if it's very good, but let's do it anyways. We're on this mission together. So I thought the least I can do is bring some stuff from over here that I know I know and like and bring it to my family back there and, and uh, make them sit down and do a British beer tasting session. Basically you guys have put up something recently that did massively well and that was some charity work do you guys want to tell us about the charity work that you did because I think Joe and I were particularly happy about it
3: yeah um so obviously unfortunate events happen in around the UK with the increase in spiking it seems of of either women's drinks or even worse yet the injections that have been talked about and and shown to be happening so um obviously we always want our tap room to be a safe place which I think it always has been because it's you know our tap room is run by a great team uh and our you know clients or customers that come in are, are great people so we've not we've never had an issue but uh I saw we saw that um a group was set up in Newcastle uh called Women's Watch Women's Street Watch Newcastle And, uh, you know, just a bunch of women that got together, volunteers uh, and basically been going around the city center on, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, just looking out and trying to make sure that, you know, women that are out on a good night out are, you know, able to get home safely. And uh, if they see anything happening that, you know, looks a little suspect, they go over and just kind of chat to people and make sure everything, you know. Basically, keeping women safe. So, um, they were looking to do some crowdfunding for some high vis jackets, and and they wanted to get a a mini bus to be able to offer free rides home. Uh, so we put on twenty four packs of of some beers that we had. You know, gave a good deal to to consumers, and just basically said you know, five pounds from every purchase is going to go to to the group to the Women's Street Watch, um, and it was really weird because I remember putting it on a Wednesday night and thinking, you know, hopefully we can get, you know, 15 orders or whatever. And, you know, still people are buying 24 beers, so see what we can do. And all of a sudden it just took off and we ended up raising over 1500 pounds for this, this organization. And, you know, speaking with um, uh, Beth and Charlotte with them, it was just like you could hear in their voice how much it meant to them to get that type of donation and you know we were like equally uh emotional about how much we were able to make for them and so it was a big thank you to everyone that supported us and and building that money up and you know it's something that we shouldn't need to raise money for i don't think but uh we're, we're so happy we we're able to do it and uh you know yeah well we'll happily look to try and do something again if if, if they're, they're looking for more uh, funds uh, to expand,
2: or, or, or it was so nice. Um, even just having to do the deliveries, so there were probably 80 to 100 local deliveries. And wow. um, on the order forms, you could see where people put extra donations on. Uh, people gone even a pound or five pounds, ten pounds. It was so nice to see that people actually took up the offer, had the five pound in there, and just put a donation on top. That was really nice to see.
3: As a, as a local business, um, you, you want to grow that local community uh feel uh and you know it was it was kind of a no-brainer to to do something for them um and help that out and you know hopefully in a in a little bit of way raise awareness to to people that may not be aware of of those things happening at at bars and that and um yeah we just want to want to connect with the community and, and uh, raise money for, for, for causes that, uh, you know, we feel strongly about. And obviously this was, this was one of them.
1: If, if people are buying beer from you yourselves and want to donate, can they donate through you in any way, or should they just go directly to the women's street watch page or what's the best way if, if people want to get involved and donate money?
3: Um, I would say we, we've ended our, our kind of drive now. Um, but I'm sure that they obviously being completely self funded, um, they would accept donations. So uh, they are on Facebook, is probably your best way to contact them. It's Women's Street Watch Newcastle. If you can't find them, if you head to our page, they are linked in some of the posts we've done. So um, yeah. So we'll
1: find it. We'll put a link in. Yeah. I'll we'll put it as for well it. It, just in case, because that's a really great cause. Thank you guys yeah. so much for doing that, because I know that's quite. For me, it means a lot that you guys were taking interest in and in want to do that. There's so many charities that you can support There are worthy charities. And I think that one is one that maybe other places might might not think to support. And so I think that's really quite important. And it, it means a lot that, that you've from like a, fem- a female identifying person in the beer community. It really means a lot that you guys chose that as, as a charity you wanted to support. So thank you for that. Now's the part where you can plug anything you want, really, like any upcoming beer releases, any any events happening. Obviously, we know that this will have just missed the um, Christmas festival, but anything coming up, any special beers you want to talk about, feel free. Any socials, the floor is yours. Plug away.
3: You can give a little bit more insight, but um, it is our first birthday, or first birthday, it feels like our first birthday. It's our second birthday on the 27th, so again, after this podcast before this podcast comes out um but one of the big things that we're we're releasing for that weekend is our first barrel aged beers so we've got two uh barrel aged beers of year of no light which was uh i think it was was it nine percent
2: it was about 9.5 it was just a straight up imperial styles um nothing weird or unusual in it just uh straight up good quality imperial stout and uh, we've put that into two different barrels so we put that into a rye whiskey barrel Um, so if you're a whiskey fan that pretty much just tastes like you're drinking whiskey Um, which seems to be what if you like that kind of thing that's what you want Um, and the other one which is kind of something that I just absolutely love is it's uh, in cognac barrels Um, so it's such a lovely depth of flavor in that one as well um, so we've got those two um, that will be released in 700ml sharing bottles. I think 700ml, maybe 750, but big sharing bottles. Um, possibly wax dipped. Get, get time to do that.
1: Oh, um, you fancy? We're
2: gonna try. Which you probably really enjoy is we've put some of the Saison into riesling barrels.
1: Oh yeah! Oh my god, I love riesling, <laughs> and I love this, Like literally, if I if I were to if I were a gif reaction right now I'd be that Jonah Hill like screaming <laughs> that's just that's how I feel inside is Jonah Hill screaming like I'm being very calm cool and collected on the outside but inside it's Jonah Hill all the way
2: be an for the podcast, just uh, yeah.
1: that face. <laughs> it would just be like me like I'll definitely buy that But yeah, yeah that's, but,
2: that's tasting really nice so it's kind of dried that out a little or even yeah. further. um and you've got a lovely kind of oaky undertone to it but you still get a bit of the fruit on top and a bit of the saison pepperiness. Nice. Um, so that's one of the beers we're really excited about. Um, so there are th- our three Barrel Ace releases. And on top of that, we have got uh, we have Birthday Duper, which is a double version of our Looper, uh, which we did for the first time last year. And we're bringing back one of our very first beers called Breakout Space, which is uh, was our first ever New England IPA. Um, so five birthday beers, which will all be released on the week of our birthday. Um, the barrel-aged stuff is very limited edition. Uh, I think there's probably just over 100 bottles of each. Um so you'll have to go well, I mean maybe I'll sort you out, Tori, don't worry.
1: <laughs> I'll I'll just I'll just put an
2: order in Like I'll
1: just wait and then be like boom, like the second it's out, that's me, Jonah Hill in my way
0: into your, <laughs> into uh, your place. there's two it's of it's us. Good. We can make this happen. Um
3: yeah, so like i would say like we've only got about a hundred bottles of that, and even you know, we've only got less than five. Um kegs i think of each well we've got a few extra of the saison because they were a bit bigger barrels so uh it'll be quite limited um and we're hoping to get more barrels we've got uh our our next barrel beers are the the barley wine that we're about to release going into a red port and a white port barrel
1: Mm. Oh yeah, that sounds. We just did a. We just spoiler alert. We just recorded a barley wine episode <laughs> yeah. the other day, and we decided, or I decided that I don't fully hate barley wine. So uh, yeah, this is like you're just building up a whole other order for me to put through. So that's why. I'll, I'll, I'll like happily share when it's released, but after I buy mine, um when I when I've secured mine, I'll be like, yeah. guys, <laughs> now you may go, now you may go and buy it. But that's uh, oh, it all sounds amazing. Um, any other like events coming up, or anything people should look out for?
2: I mean, we're doing um, Pink Boots next year as well. Um, So that's going to be, I'm really looking forward to actually having people in person on both the Brew Day and having a bit of a kind of um, release party and maybe a talk in person as well. Because this year we did a a really good talk, um, but it was on Zoom, but that was just what life was like at the time and some great speakers. Um, but really hoping we can do something in person uh, next year and um, just have a bit of a party as well. Let our hair down and um, make up for last year.
3: I mean, you, your hair's down. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs>
1: as if, if people want to get involved in that, like, is there ways for people to get involved in the uh, collaboration brew day if they want to, or is it sort of more for local people?
2: I would suggest you just contact Graham um, at uh, shout at fullcirclebrewing.co.uk more than that as far as I'm concerned
3: I mean you can just give us a message on Instagram as well so all of our social handles are just at fullcirclebrew on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook Um, send us a message on there if you're interested or interested about anything, want to ask us anything about the beers or, you know, the women's street watch or anything like that. Um, you know, obviously anytime send us a message, uh, I will reply to you. Um, we've actually something to look forward to in the new year is we've got our first collab with a European brewery. So we've got, uh, a brewery called little rain in Barcelona coming up to do a beer with us. And uh, we're going to have a bit of a tap takeover from them in February next year. I know that's a while away, but uh, that'll be good to see. And, um, yeah, um, you know, we're just hoping that the world continues to, to be normal-ish and uh, we can start planning some better events. Uh, we are in the early, early stages of a festival plan for, for next year. So, Tori, if you want to work, comment. I
1: mean, yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Sorted. All good. <laughs> oh, I'll look forward to hearing more about that then. Um, but obviously, we'll link all your socials and everything else. So, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming yeah, on and talking you. to us. I know we've overrun by a half hour. You've been amazing. Thank you so much. And for putting up with me having, like, just got my voice back. So, thank you so much, guys. Um, look forward amazing. to seeing you guys soon.
3: Anytime. It was great. So much.
1: It, this one's all you this was all you yeah well, to, be, to be fair like we've been in conversation with them for quite a while to come yeah. on but it's just because of festival season which is why it felt so right to talk to them about festival season um they're just the timings didn't line up and it was just easier we sort of agreed when festival season is over we'll get them on we'll have a chat to them and and um yeah I think even we've had a delayed end to festival season this year because of all the rescheduling of COVID and all the things that were tried to cram into quite a small window. Um, So we sort of finished festival season, had a bit of a break and then managed to get to speak to them. But um, Alex and Graham, I mean, everyone that I've spoken to from Full Circle that I've had the absolute pleasure of working with, has been so lovely. Um honestly, I I cannot speak more highly of them and their beer and getting to speak to Alex about, I was just saying to you before we started recording as well, getting to speak to Alex about like some of the stuff that he wants to brew or the the beers that he finds really interesting like he knows what he's talking about he he is so creative with it and and he's just really good at what he does and you know is like a powerhouse and getting all this <laughs> all the like events and marketing and all that lined up and yeah it's just a bunch of really good people and I'm so glad that we got to talk to them even if my voice is barely here anymore it was <laughs> it's great how it did you so find lovely. how did
0: you find drinking at
1: three yeah. hoppy beers tonight know, you did really well <laughs> beers,
0: thank you um yeah no they're all lovely actually um though they are not my favorite styles they're very drinkable looper is really lovely um i think that's an amazing choice for a core range beer and i love cashmere so i'm really glad that that's got it flies in it yeah it absolutely it really... flies like every like i said on the on and the really forums just everyone's loop, loop, looper looper it's so lovely. Um, and the dipper doesn't taste like 8.8%. 8 8. So uh, if you if you get uh, Brewhouse Collective, be wary because it doesn't taste like 8.8%.
1: Not at all. Not at all.
0: And I, I really I'm excited to try the um, the oat porter that yes, we've got. Because
1: I put that one aside. Simple Times oat pail really good. I want to really yeah. savour it. And yeah, the the as we mentioned on the episode, they also sent like a Hop and Vice, yes. and yeah, really, I'm really excited about all of them because I've never had a bad beer from them at yeah. all, and I'm really looking forward to their birthday releases. Yeah. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, there's still some
0: left for you. I, hopefully, I haven't bought them all. Yeah, and yeah, go and check out the website. the um, The link will be in the show notes. Go and check out their shop and see if you can get yourself some barrel aged beers if we haven't bought them all ourselves. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm not going to actually promote that one until I've secured <laughs> mine. Um, then once I've secured mine, then I will go and share it and be like, everyone buy this. This is brilliant. So, yeah. Joe, if people want to talk to you about your favourite festivals of this year, where can people contact you?
0: Uh, you can find me. I am a women's brew on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I tend to hang out on Instagram. Um, Or you can come and ask me about tips for going to festivals uh, at my beer school, which is Love Beer Learning. And that is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Mostly hang out on Instagram. But we're also on TikTok and Pinterest. We also have a website, which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk. And we have an email address, which is lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. And you can email us here at the podcast at lovebeerlearning at gmail.com to tell us what episodes you would like to hear what styles you would like us to drink who you would like us to talk to and we will endeavor to do it uh, tori where can they talk to you about your love of full circle yeah you can talk to me about my love of full circle
1: and my addiction to the their shirts yeah. because I've, i feel like i've got so many now and i'm still looking to buy more of them um or when this episode comes out it's my birthday <laughs> so you can come and wish me happy birthday on instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism um i'm also on tiktok because i've just posted uh, two tiktoks this week did. they're not beer tiktoks <laughs> they're very much dog tiktoks but if you want to see my dog being a derp on tiktok <laughs> i'm adventures and I'm in optimism on tiktok as well so um you'll know because it's filled with beer and dog content so that's definitely me well We are going to be heading off, but we will have already headed off to the Christmas festival and we'll just be coming back and relaxing after that. So in the meantime,
0: Cheers. cheers.